that I ever saw them do that, right? Uh, they got out, went right back to their same friends and, and got in the same trouble that they were involved with. And, uh, and I, I would tell them, you know, all, all you folks here in jail, you know all the police officers by first name. You know their dog's name. You know their wife's name. You know their favorite uh, dessert. Uh, they don't even know I exist, right? Uh, and because the folks would, they would, they would always stay at the edge and the, uh, the edge of uh, uh, of the law, right? Try to get away with as much as they could. Uh, and so, but the word of God says that that he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. Uh, and uh, and that has been such a valuable verse to me all all, all of my life, all, all of my Christian life. Uh, and I would encourage you, you know, it's twenty twenty four. You know, uh, look at who is close to you, right? Uh, I know when uh, the, Lord, the Lord had called me to go to uh, my pastor's church many years ago, uh, and uh, I decided, well, Lord, if you want me to go to that church, then I'm going to be close to the pastor. I'm going to go a- uh, get it where I can ask questions, right? And, uh, and um, uh, if he, I was in school at that time, uh, and so if he was going fishing, I would just, you know, be rude and say, hey, can I go too, right? Uh, if he was going somewhere, I'd say, hey, can I, can I do that too? Uh, and... Um, uh, and then we'd get alone, and, and because I was an engineering student, he didn't know anything about uh, uh, really much of anything outside the Word of God. Uh, he'd ask me all kinds of questions about how the sun works and how rain works and how sound works and light works, and I, I would tell him that, and I would think, well, if you're going to ask me a question, I'm going to ask you a question. Well, how does the anointing of God work? You know, how does faith work? How, do, how You know, I just thought it was fair play, amen? Uh, sowing and reaping, amen? So, uh, uh, and because if... I knew he knew more than I did. And so I thought, well, if I can be around him, see, then some of that will rub off on me. Amen. Uh, and so, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for those times and years that I was with him before he went home to be with the Lord. Amen. And so praise God. Well, let's stand and greet yourself for just a minute, and we'll get into praise and worship. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. even if the world doesn't know today they all live in the mercy of the Lord Father he withhold he, he stands uh, and holds back the enemy Father from destroying each of their lives without the mercy of God Father 
every person outside the church of the Lord Jesus will be wiped off the face of the earth. We thank you, Father, for the mercy. Thank you for your mercy, Father. Thank you for your goodness towards your people, Father. We are your people, Father. You're so kind, Father, to adopt us into your family. You're so kind, Father, to lift us up and to raise us to become not just servants, Father, of the Most High, but children of the Most High God. We thank you, Father, for goodness and mercy. We thank you, Father, for kindness and grace. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Father, we thank you for these things. We give you praise and honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Is the Lord good? You know, I was thinking about the, the, that part of that verse that says, you deserve the glory. And of course, we talk about that a lot around here, right? What do we deserve? We deserve nothing, right? Uh, and, um, but you know, you have to balance that out because a lot of people are aware that they deserve nothing, but they never go past that, amen? So we deserve nothing, but what do we have? What has the Lord given to us? Everything, right? Can you receive everything? See, a person of faith can say, I deserve nothing, I can receive everything. A person of low faith says, I deserve nothing and remain there, amen? Uh, who wants to remain in nothing, amen? Uh, I grew up in nothing. Anybody want to live there, right down on Nothing Street? No, I don't want to live there. Uh, but see, uh, there are people who think they, they deserve things. I told you I was in a, in a car one time that there was two senior ministers, you know, one driving, one in the passenger seat. I'm, I'm riding along, you know, in the back seat, and they're just talking, so... Uh, I'm listening, right? Because uh, I already know everything I know. And so if I'm listening, I might learn something else. Amen. And so they're talking and we're driving this nice car. I mean, it's like a BMW, like a seven series, you know, I mean, it's a, you know, $70,000, car. Uh, and so they're talking. And so this, the most senior minister says to the next guy, he says, you know, you deserve this car. You've been faithful. And I'm like, is there an eject button? Can I get out of this? I, you know, because lightning scatters and, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you don't deserve this car. I'm thank, I, you know, I, see, I'm glad he had the car, right? Uh, the Lord has blessed him with a nice vehicle, amen? I, don't, I have no problem somebody driving a nice car. But I, I can't imagine saying, I deserve this car. I'm so wonderful. I can't hardly stand myself, you know? Uh, and, you know, some people get that way. You, you ever know people that way? They, 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 they're, they're so amazing, they can't hardly stand themselves. Of course, neither can I, right? And neither can the Lord. So, it's, you know, it's, a, uh, it's, it's all agreed. But I can't imagine ever saying, I deserve that car, right? I, I mean, I'd be thankful for the car. I could drive a car like that. You know, see, see some people, they've so got such weak faith uh, and such low self-esteem that, well, I could, I could never drive a car like that. You know, I would be unworthy to drive the car. Are you kidding me? I'm a child of God. I can drive anything and not bother me a bit. But I would never get in a car and go, Lord, I have arrived. I'm finally getting what I deserve. <laughs> finally, somebody recognizes how amazing I am, right? Uh, just, I mean, just, it's so foreign to my thinking. Because I know exactly what I deserve is nothing. Uh, but I have everything. That's called the unmerited favor, right? If he's given us anything that's unmerited, undeserved, right? Uh, and so if you believe in grace at all, you have to. You would, you would never say, I deserve this thing, right? Now, you could sing all day long, Lord, do you deserve the glory, right? I mean, that's easy. Because he, he does deserve all the glory, amen? Uh, I deserve death and hell and destruction and, and disease and sickness. And, uh, but I thank God I have none of that. 
because I've been given everything. Amen. And if it's a gift, see, a person of faith can receive. Amen. Now, if you deserve nothing but have access to everything, then the only way you can do that is by faith. So a person of great faith is, Lord, I'll receive it all. Uh, a person of weak faith is, I'm unworthy to receive anything of the Lord. And they, were, they will remain in that state all the days of their life uh, and, and uh, really showing disrespect for the great work that the Lord has done for us. Amen. He paid a great price on the cross for us. Amen. Amen. Uh, and it is disrespectful to the Lord Most High to say, Lord, I, I, I'm not going to receive anything from you because I'm unworthy. That's disrespectful because he made us worthy, right? He, the Bible says he made us meet or qualified to receive the blessings of the Lord. Amen. He made me that way. I didn't earn that. He made me that way. Uh, and a person of faith goes, well, okay, if he, if, he made me, uh, if he made me worthy to receive it, then I'll receive it. Amen. Uh, it's not because of my wonderful good works, not because of an amazing person I am. Uh, it's because of the great goodness of the Lord. Amen. Uh, and so nails on chalkboard. I mean, when people say things like that, it just, I mean, it's just because it's just so untrue, right? You deserve that? Well, let's look at what you were doing, you know, yesterday at 2 o'clock, right? Let's see how you're treating the waitress down at the, at the restaurant on Thursday of last week. Let's see how much you really deserve the blessing of the Lord. Amen? Let's see if you prayed every time the Lord told you to pray. Let's see if you read the Word of God every time the Lord... Uh, I mean, uh, are we going to go down that road? I don't want to go down that road. I don't want you looking at my life and seeing if I deserve anything because the, I can tell you right ahead, ahead of time, the answer is no. I deserve nothing of the Lord. You know, you can't look at my life and go, wow, he's an amazing person. Look at all the things the Lord's given to him because he's so wonderful. Uh, uh, I receive the blessing of the Lord because he's wonderful. Amen. Uh, and so keep the balance in there. Don't get in one ditch of uh, I'm so amazing. The Lord gives me all these things because I'm so wonderful or uh, I deserve nothing and receive nothing of the Lord because I'm so unworthy. Uh, that either one of those are ditches. Amen. We want to stay down the middle of the road. I deserve nothing. The Lord has given me everything. Uh, that's a pretty good deal. Amen. Uh, I mean, who would want to sign up for that deal? Uh, I, uh, an intelligent human being would sign up for that deal all day long. Amen. Uh, and so uh, uh, let's, let's open up our Bibles to the book of 2 Kings. Uh, you know, there, there are, uh, in teaching the Word of God, a lot of times, uh, probably the majority of our time, we spend in teaching line upon line, right? Here's a, here's a verse. Here's what it means. Here's how, how to apply it to your life. Uh, but there are other things of the Word of God, and that's why you need to read the whole Word of God. There are other aspects of the Word of God that are more precepts, right? Examples of, of seeing how the Lord operates. Uh, and if you want to really get to know the Lord, uh, you learn His doctrine, which is, uh, which is uh, for the most part, given to us in the New Covenant, uh, primarily in the epistles to the church. That's where the doctrine of the Lord is, is best found. But then you read the whole Word of God because you want to find out uh, precepts. You know, how do you work, Lord? especially when I'm, I'm reading the Gospels, I'm reading not just the doctrine of what Jesus taught, but I'm also watching how he operated. How did he do things? Why did he do things the way he did things? Because uh, you can learn from the precepts, the examples of, of what he did to learn more about the Lord. Amen? Uh, and so uh, it, it was been on my heart for a few months as, as so we were finishing up the last message. Uh, this message is going to be, uh, how bad do you want it? And we're going to look at from the examples from the Word of God uh, that he's given to us, uh, many examples in the Word of God about finding out how, uh, if you want it bad enough, you can get it. And that, that's, you know, that, that's really the key. If you want it bad enough from the Lord, you can get it. Uh, but the question for us is, uh, are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to, to stay the course in order to get whatever it is you need of the Lord? Or do you try, and well, I tried, it doesn't work. Uh, and that's such a, that's just such a boring uh, statement, right? 
because it's like, well, then you didn't try hard enough. Amen. Because we, what we find in the word of God is, is there's a lot of times the Lord will wait to see uh, how much in faith you really are. You know, you, you, Lord, I need everything. And the Lord, he, he, he may not say anything. Uh, and you go, well, I tried and, and nothing worked. Well, did you try tomorrow? Did you try the day after tomorrow? You know, it's the same thing uh, like in the area of healing. Uh, you know, is, is, is the will of God for us to be healed? Is there, ever, is there ever a situation where the will of God is for you not to be healed? No, it's 100% of the time, never an exception. God desires for you to be 100% well. Every, every child of God on the earth, there's never a situation where God's will in heaven is, you know, I prefer them to remain sick. Never, not a single time. And you can't find any example, precept, any, anything in the word of God that would tell you otherwise. Uh, and yet, uh, how many people in church suffer with chronic sickness and disease all their life? And they say, well, I tried, and it doesn't work. And, uh, and it just, you know, it bothers me because I'm thinking, well, uh, if it was me, uh, until I breathe my last breath, I'm not giving it up. Uh, and, and if I don't get it today, you know, what I'm gonna, you know when I'm going to get it? I'm going to get it tomorrow. And if I don't get it tomorrow, you know when I'm going to get it? I'm going to get it the next day. I'm just not going to give it up. But some people, they'll try for a day or a week or a month, you know. There's, uh, the longest I've ever had to go is about a year. Uh, which it seems like a long time, but you got the vict- I got the victory. And so most of the time it's, you know, within uh, minutes or hours. Uh, and so I'm just not going to give it up. So what, so what if it takes a day? What if it takes a year? I don't care. I'm getting it. I see that, that's the, how bad do you want it? See, I'm not going to give up my faith just because the circumstances aren't lined up yet because the whole purpose of my faith is to cause the circumstances to line up. And so I'm going to start with, uh, I'm actually going to start with the, the only negative example we're going to go through in, in, in this series here, uh, because we want, to, we want to set the tone of, okay, don't be like this guy, right? And then we're going to look at who, who we want to be like, right? So we're not going to be like this guy, but we need to read the example because it's, it's an intense example, uh, and we need to, to see how the Lord operates. And so this is in 2 Kings chapter 13, this is with uh, Elisha the prophet, was a, was a prophet of Israel at this time. And it starts out in, in verse uh, 14, 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. It says, Now Elisha was fallen sick of the sickness wherever he died. And of course, this message is not about that, but that's an interesting statement, right? That he'd fallen sick. The great prophet had fallen sick, and he died from the sickness. Amen? Uh, and, and yet, you go on, you go on down. Uh, we'll take a, a small side journey. Uh, uh, so it says in verse 20, Elisha died. So we're going to go back up and look at the story that we started with, but we're going to just take a little side journey here. Elisha died. Well, well, uh, verse 20, well, what did he die of? Whatever sickness he had fallen sick of in verse, uh, in verse 14, right? So we don't know what it was, but whatever it was, he was not able to get the victory over that, and he died. And they buried him, and the, beds, the bands of the Moabites invaded the land uh, at the coming of the year. And it came to pass as they were burying a man, uh, so another dead man. So Elijah, Elisha died, and some other guy died. And they were burying this man, and behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. Uh, and so, uh, wouldn't that be great? You know, we've got a funeral service, and like, oh, look at those guys over there. Toss them in the hole, right? Just toss them in the first hole you come up, come up with. Now, uh, that just seems like a little disrespectful. I don't know, you know. And so, uh, it says they, they cast the man into the sepulcher of, of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. Well, that's an amazing statement. Elisha's dead from sickness and disease, and yet there's so, there's so much uh, residual uh, anointing and power of God in his physical body after he's dead that another man touched his physical body 
uh, touched Elisha's physical body and, and was revived because of the anointing and power of God that was still residually uh, in his body. That's an amazing thing. And so it, it, uh, it tells you, again, we're not going to go down that path. We could spend a long time talking about that. But it tells you the distinction, the difference between being anointed to do something and faith. Being anointed to do something is God's special uh, power residing on you to do a work. Now, Elisha, uh, uh, he, other people were healed under his ministry. Right? Naming the prophet, or naming the, or the Syrian was uh, uh, healed under, uh, under the ministry of Elisha. Uh, and he had twice as many miracles as Elijah did. So he was anointed to do miracles as a special work of God. And yet his faith was not able to, to receive the healing that he needed. And uh, if you could learn that, see, if the Lord ever uses you in a special way to anoint you, that doesn't mean that, that, uh, that you are exempt from faith. I mean, you still have to apply faith in your life. Amen. Now, you could have faith in that anointing that's upon you. That's fine. You could take advantage of that anointing upon you, but you still have to activate it by faith uh, for your personal needs. Uh, and why didn't, why, did, uh, why didn't Elisha do that? I don't know. It doesn't say. Uh, but maybe he thought, well, because I'm anointed, I'm exempt from sickness and disease. No, you're exempt from sickness and disease because you choose to believe that by faith. Amen. The anointing of God does not do away with the necessity for faith. Uh, and so, so we can learn from Elisha's uh, example there. Uh, but uh, let's go back up to verse 14 and see what we want to uh, get to today. It says, And Joash the king of Israel came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. So the, the king of Israel uh, loved Elisha and was saddened to find out that he had, he had become sick and was going, uh, and you know, apparently they knew that he was going to die from, from the sickness. And of course, Elisha ignored all of that uh, and, uh, and started being the prophet. He started talking to the king as the prophet of, of Israel and, and said in verse 15, take bow and arrows. And he took up him bow and arrows. And he said unto the king of Israel, put thy hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. So, uh, I mean, basically the king's just doing what he's told, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, especially uh, in the ministry of the prophet here, you just do what you're told, right? The, uh, he had, probably has no idea why he's doing this, but the prophet's telling him to do these things, so he's doing these things. And so, and he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. And so the, the Syrians had been attacking Israel and had, had uh, been defeating Israel in battle. And so the prophet told the king that you will, uh, this arrow represents the deliverance of the Lord from the, the Syrians, right? To, to have victory over them against the nation of Israel. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of, of Israel, smite upon the ground. Uh, in other words, uh, stomp on these arrows on the ground. And he smote uh, thr thrice or three times and he stayed or stopped. So he, smote, he, he, he stomped on the arrows three times and he stopped. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Uh, then thou hast smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it, uh, whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but, but thrice. Uh, and this story has always been kind of uh, interesting to me because uh, uh, the king, you know, kind of, you, you ever seen people just do God halfway, half-heartedly? Oh, yeah, praise God. You know, God is good. I love the Lord. And it's like, okay, something's missing, right? I mean, 
you, you, they're saying words and they're raising hands, but you know something's missing, right? His heart's not really in it. Uh, and, and, and the problem with the king here, you know, the, uh, the, the prophet said, these arrows are the deliverance that's going to come to you by God Almighty. And if you'll smite these arrows, that's what God's going to do to the Syrian king. And the king's like, okay, stomp, 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 stomp. How's that? You know, is that, is that good? And just, just no, no heart at all. No passion about it at all. Just halfway. Now, and the, 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 the man of God was wroth, angry at him. You could have showed your faith that God will deliver you from the Syrians. Yeah, I'll stomp that. Give me those. Give me those again. Stomp them. And, and, and he, if he was really passionate about it, the prophet would have said, okay, okay, that's enough. You know, you can stop now after they're pounded into dust. Because, you know, it's just arrows, right? He's not hurting anybody. He's just, you know, showing his zeal for the Lord. And he had no zeal, no passion for the Lord. And so how bad did he want the deliverance? He didn't want it that bad. It's like, okay, well, if you say, I'll get it, I'll get it. And, and you know, Christians that are that way, just, okay, you want to show whatever, you know. Uh, have you prayed? Well, I thought about it, but, I, you know, never got around to it, you know. And, you know well, how much of the Bible have you read? Oh, you know, I didn't you know. Uh, I just, you know, there's been people who have come to me, and I said, well, uh, uh, just know by the Spirit, read these verses every day, uh, and, and all will be well. And you, you, you call them up two days later. Do you read those verses? Well, you know, I started the first day, but I was just hanging around. You know, you know. But the Lord said, if you read them, you'll, you'll, it, it'll bring the deliverance you need. Well, I know, but it's so hard reading three verses. I mean, you know, and, just, and so, you know. And just, now, I don't get angry with them. You know, the prophet get angry at the king. Why? Because it affects him too, right? He's living in the nation of Israel, and the king is the leader of the nation. The prophet is there to guide the king. Uh, and, and the king just, uh, well, how many times have we done that in our life? Just halfway, halfway do anything. You, you got you to gotta do it all the way, amen? You know, I, I work with people, just, you, you ever work with people, who's, they, you're trying to get something done, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just doing it, you know? And, and, and uh, no, get, get it done. What are you doing? I told you, a guy was working for me every time. Every time I saw him, he was sitting down. This was not a sitting down job. Every time, it's like, what are you doing? Sitting. Why are you sitting? Because I'm not standing. I mean, that, you know, he, he had no excuse for it. Other than just, oh, just, it's so hard, you know, it's so, so hard. Uh, uh, and, you know, I talk to people all the time. Uh, hey, you need to go to church. And, and this one fellow, I was talking to him, he said, I said, you need to go be, be back at church. He said, it's so hard to go back to church. I said, no, it's not. You just go. And he goes, you know, you're right. He never came to church, though, but he's like, he acknowledged me. Yeah, you're right. People say, it's so hard. It's not hard. It's so hard going to church every, every Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday. It's, so hard. it's not hard. Uh, uh, if you're going to be like this king and get halfway deliverance, then everything is hard. Right? If you want to say it's so hard being a Christian. Yeah, I, I, at a bank one time, doing some business, and I was talking to the, uh, to the, the, the uh, financial advisor there, and he didn't know I was a pastor. He said, uh, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He said, oh, you got a hard boss. Like, Have you ever met my boss? The best boss in the whole world. You mean it's, not, it's about the easiest job in the world. But for him, it's so hard. It's so hard being a Christian, right? Uh, and so uh, we don't want to be like this king. Amen? Don't, if the Lord says stomp on the arrows, then you stomp until he has to pull you off of them. You don't just like, okay, stomp, stomp, stomp. Is that enough? And the Lord's like, no. That's not enough, right? Where's your passion uh, and zeal for these things? Amen? Uh, and so we, we need to follow... Uh, we need to follow these examples, not this guy's example, but there are plenty of examples that we're in Second uh, Kings, turn over to First Samuel. We're just going to look at uh, some examples of the Word of God 
Uh, because these, this is a precept, right? This is a precept of here's how the Lord operates. Uh, and if he operates, if he tells you to do something, he expects you to do it all the way, not half-heartedly, right? Uh, and and uh, in fact, uh, while you're turning over to, to 1 Samuel, I'll read uh, uh, in uh, Romans chapter 12, it says in verse 11, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not that word slothful, you know what the, what the normal word for that is? Lazy. lazy, right? Not lazy in business, fervent in spirit. You know, a lot of people, they're not fervent in spirit. It, we serve the most almighty God of the universe. How can we not be fervent for that? It's just like, yeah, I'm just a Christian. You know, just, you know. Well, I just, you know, that's just private, you know. Now, it, it should be uh, uh, so powerful in you that y- people can't help but to notice that you're a Christian. Yeah. Amen. Well, it's just, you know, it's a personal thing. Just whatever, you know. Uh, Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit, right? On fire. Fervent in spirit. Amen? That doesn't mean you've got to be preaching all the time, you know, just, but your passion for the Lord is so strong uh, that that you desire Him all the time. Amen? Every day. Every minute of the day. Uh, And, and, you know, as a pastor, you have to find that balance because for me, it's like, okay, just just do it, right? Just, Just, you know, follow the Lord. But a lot of people are like, it's so hard. And, you know, you got to be, you know, you got to be a shepherd. you got to shepherd some folks, right? Uh, but, you know, Jesus wasn't always, you know, he was a shepherd, the great shepherd, in fact. But a lot of times, you know, uh, uh, he was, you know, Lord, i got to go bury my dad. He's let the dead bury the dead. You follow me. Uh, and, well, that sounds awful harsh, you know, but it doesn't matter. He's the Lord. Amen. Why? Fervent despair. I mean, can he, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be unkind, but can you do anything about the guy? He's dead. Uh, can you, there's nothing you can do about it, right? And we're not being un, trying to, he wasn't trying to be unkind, but he's saying, look, if you've got to pick between serving me or, or going visit a dead person, then it, the choice should be obvious, amen? Nothing wrong, and we had a funeral here, obviously, yesterday, right? And so nothing wrong with having funerals and doing those things. But if, if the choice comes down, to, if it comes down to a choice, then what's he telling you? Then choose the right thing, amen? Fervent in spirit. Uh, and so here we are in, in uh, 1 Samuel, and a lot of these are just stories that have been a blessing to me uh, all, all of my life, reading these things, and the Lord, oh, that's the way I want to be. I want to be that way. I, you know, I don't want to be like the king against the Syrians. I want to be like this guy right here, right? And so this is the story of David, of course, at this point in 1 Samuel chapter 23, uh, David is still running from Saul, right? And Saul is being mean to David, and, uh, and um, uh, I love the story of David, amen? The, the, the consistency and the never-give-up attitude of David. Uh, and so, uh, so this is one particular time uh, there's many times that Saul tried to do this, uh, but now I want to start going, going, getting into how do we uh, work with the Lord, right? Uh, and what should our attitude be when we work with the Lord? Uh, and so here he is. Uh, David had gone down and helped, helped this one group of people uh, in, in this city called Keilah. And uh, uh, this, this city was being attacked by some, some other, other folks there, and David and his ragtag band of, of uh uh, of men went and delivered this city and helped them and got them uh, delivered from, from these enemies. Uh, and so uh, Saul finds out that David is down there and he's going to go down to the city Keilah. Uh, and, and, uh, and so David finds out about that. Uh, and so David starts praying. Uh, he says in verse, uh, in verse 9, this is uh, 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 9, and David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him. And he said to uh, Abiathar, the priest, bring hither the ephod. 
Uh, and it was just, you know, it was a garment that they wore. Uh, uh, really, it was not intended for people outside the priesthood, uh, but David, David got it, and it was, it was a, a garment that you wore if you're going to pray to the Lord. And David said, O, o Lord God of Israel, Thy servant hath certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Keilah to destroy the city for, for my sake. And, and so he's just telling the Lord what he knows. And now he asks the Lord two questions. Will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hand? Now, you know, that he just, David just delivered this city, these men from, from this other army. Uh, and uh, now he's, uh, it was actually the Philistines. Uh, and so David's thinking, they're going to turn on me. Now, that's really, you know, bad sportsmanship, amen? Uh, you come and help me, and then I throw you under the bus. <clears throat> Thanks for, for being a great, uh, a great friend there, right? Uh, but, but David's, you know, uh, he's not assuming anything. He's asking the Lord. Lord, will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hands, into Saul's hands, and will Saul come down as thy servant hath heard? O Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. Now, David asked two questions. He said, uh, are the men going to deliver me? And is Saul going to come down? Uh, and so how many questions did the Lord answer? One. Just one of them, right? So he doesn't know, you know, Saul could come down and, and the, the men could say, no, no, you can't have him, Saul. Uh, we're going to protect David because he was kind enough to deliver us from the Philistines. Uh, that could have happened. Uh, and so uh, David doesn't have enough information. He asked the Lord two questions. And how many questions did the Lord answer him? One. Just one, right? And so, he, he, uh, what, what, what would you do? I guess the Lord didn't want to answer me the second question, right? I guess it's all wrapped up in the mind of God. And who can know what God will do? Uh, I, guess, you know, he does, I guess he didn't want me to know the answer to that question. Is that what David did? No, what did David do? Then David said, uh, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? So, he asked the question a second time. And so what, we, what we'll find here in the Word of God is the Lord doesn't always answer everything the first time that you ask Him. There, there has to be an effort of faith on your part. Lord, I want to know. I want to know the answer. Well, I know you didn't answer me the first time. And see, uh, the way that I go, one thing Brother Hagin said a lot of times, he said, I go by as much of what God doesn't say as much as what He does say. Uh, and, and, if, and if the Lord doesn't say, I'm not going to answer you, then I'm going to get the answer. Because did the Lord say, I'm not going to answer the second question? Actually, it was the first question. Did the Lord say, I'm not going to answer that question? No. So if the Lord didn't say that, then it's still up for grabs. And the question for you is, are you willing to, to, to stay on your knees long enough to get the answer? Are you willing to press in long enough by faith to get the answer? Or are you just going to go walk away defeated and go, I guess the Lord didn't want me to know. So, boys, what are we going to do? I don't know. I mean, you know, the Lord didn't answer us, so uh, you want to roll the dice? No, what did he do? David said to the Lord, Will the men of Keilah deliver me up and my men into the hand of Saul? Is it disrespectful to ask a second time? Not, a, not, a, not disrespectful to ask a second time, right? If the Lord doesn't answer you the first time, you know what I do? I ask a second time. Uh, unless the Lord tells me no, I'm not going to answer the question, then I'm, I'm going to assume that I have a right to know the answer to that question. But sometimes the Lord will just wait. Are you going to walk by faith or are you going to just walk in your emotions? How bad do you want the answer? And so David said, oh, Lord, uh, I want to know the answer. Are they going to do it or not? And of course, the Lord did. He did. What did the Lord do? He answered and said, they will deliver thee up. And so David said, that's all I got to know. Boys, we're out of here. Saul's coming down. Uh, they're going to turn on us. I know we just saved their lives, protected them, uh, but they're going to they're throw us under the bus. So we got to go, boys. It's time to go. 
and, and what would have happened if David didn't press in? What would have happened if David just said, well, the Lord didn't want to answer? And then we say all these dumb things like, well, you know, it's all wrapped up in the mind of God. Well, can't he reveal these things to you? The Bible says that the revealed things belong to the sons of God. If, they're, if, if the Lord knows them, uh, they belong to you. Amen? Uh, and now, now, sometimes if you're dealing with other people, sometimes it is none of your business. But if the Lord doesn't tell you it's none of your business, then I keep pressing in. There's been times when, I, I've told you the story before, but a, a dear friend of mine, we've known her for years. All kinds of sickness, uh, sickness and disease, primarily back problems. She had, I don't know, a dozen back surgeries, right? And just all, all the time in, in, in severe pain and agony. Uh, but she was just a wonderful person. Helped everybody that I know. Uh, and, and brought gifts to them all the time and, and just was a good person. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm thinking she deserves healing, right? Because, you know, uh, you don't know anything a lot of times, and so you, you'd say things like that. But, you know, I didn't see any obvious reason why she wouldn't get healed. And so I, I, st- I went to the Lord about it. Lord, this is my friend. She's not getting healed. As far as I can tell, she's a wonderful saint of God. I want to know why she's not, not, not getting healed. You know what the Lord said? Nothing. Now, he didn't say, it's none of your business. He didn't say, don't talk to me about that. He didn't say anything. So you know what I did? Next time I thought about it, Lord, you know, this person's a wonderful person of God. Why isn't she healed? You know, she, she, I know she believes in healing. You know, a lot of people believe in healing. They don't get healed. Well, why is that? Well, you got, how bad do you want the answer? How bad are you willing to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to know. I want to know why I'm not getting healed. I want to know. And I don't blame God. Lord, I don't, say, I don't ever say, Lord, why are you not healing me? Because then that implies that he has chosen not to heal you. And that would be disrespectful for the Lord who, who has paid a great price for you to obtain healing. I never accuse the Lord of anything. I, I, also, I just say, Lord, uh, and usually I say, Lord, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> but, you know, it's not always something that you're doing wrong. It could be other factors, but it's never something the Lord's doing wrong. And so I never accuse the Lord in that. Right. So, Lord, uh, why, why is he getting healed? You know what he said? Still nothing. This went on for years. You know, I didn't pray every single day, right? People, are you going to pray every, every day for me? No, I'm not praying every day for you. Uh, you know, you pray every day for you. Uh, and so, not my job to pray every day for you. Uh, and so, I mean, I'll pray for you, but, uh, you know, don't put it all, don't put, uh, don't put your spiritual responsibility on me. Amen. I had one person say, uh, uh, I wasn't a pastor at the time, but he said, Chip, if you ever see me doing anything wrong, you know, please tell me. Like, no, that's the job of the Holy Ghost and for you to listen to him. I'm not your Holy Ghost. Don't put that on me, amen? That, that, that's somebody who wants no personal responsibility to hear from heaven and wants somebody else to, to do all their work for them. That, that is not being fervent in spirit. That's being lazy, right? Or being slothful, right? We, we'll be nice. We'll say slothful, right? Uh, and so, uh, so this went on for years. And, and uh, one day I, I was just talking to her and she said, you know, I... I I'm not one to hold grudges, you know, to, to be uh, an unforgiveness towards somebody. And I thought, well, you know, that, that, that's a good thing because that would be a problem if you were. And she said, but. And then she went on this big, long rant about, well, this person done this to me and I can't stand, I can't I trust them anymore. This person, I can't even look at them anymore. You know, this person said that thing, I can't even forgive them anymore, you know. But I don't hold grudges, but I can't stand any of these people that have done anything, all these things to me. And she's just going on and on. And right in the middle of it, the Lord said, that's why she's not healed. Because she is full of unforgiveness and full of bitterness, and full of anger. Uh, and, and she's hit it well, right? You know, a lot of people put the happy face on to go to church. But when they, they're outside, they peel it off. 
you know, and, and it's not pretty when they peel it off when they get outside the church. If you're happy, be happy. Amen. Uh, and I'm not saying come in and not be happy. Find, do, what the, do the work to get happy and remain happy. Right. But she was unwilling to forgive all these people that had done these things to her and it held against their account. Every single one. She told me all these stories, you know, of, you know, for years, decades of people have done things to her and she'd held them all in her heart against all those people. And they couldn't get healed. And Lord said, that's why, you know. Now, the Lord never gave me an unction to tell her. Could, could she find out? Does she want, well, if she wants it bad enough, she could find out. Amen. But see, she just said before she told me all those things about how she was in unforgiveness, I'm not one to, uh, to not forgive people. I always forgive everybody. So she, was, she had deceived her own self, right? I never do anything wrong. I am so good, I can't hardly stand myself. I don't know why things aren't working for me. It can't be my fault. It's your fault, right? And I've had people, you know, say, the reason why I'm not getting healed is because of you. I'm like, what? No, no, that's not, that's, that is not true. I mean, you could say those words, not true. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, so do you want it bad enough? You're going to go to the Lord and ask him a second time, right? You're going to go to the Lord and, and ask him, uh, uh, what's, the, what's the answer to this question? Uh, instead of getting your feelings hurt? Uh, well, let's turn over to, to Matthew uh, chapter 15. Uh, this is one of the uh, great examples here. In Matthew 15, and we know these stories, but, you know, in the context of, of our message here, uh, it, it's good because well, we, we want to learn from other people. Amen? Uh, sometimes, you know, it's good to learn doctrine and, and the, you know, line upon line from the Lord of God, but also the Lord put these examples in us from, to learn from their from these examples, amen? It's not about the doctrine so much, it's about is, uh, are, can we be like them? And see, I, I'm all the time watching everybody. And, and if I see something in them that's not in me that could help me, Lord, I'm going to be like that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be like that. Uh, I'm not a self-made man. Uh, there's nothing in me that's, that comes from me. Everything in me looks like, you know, uh, I'm just a, 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 a glommed up, glued up uh, examples from everybody else in, in their life. And I added it to my life. Uh, and so here we are in, in um, uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed in the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, uh, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Uh, and so where, where is she from? She's from uh, a woman of Canaan, right? She's a Syrophoenician woman. And uh, that means that she is not part of the household of Israel, right? Uh, and so she is not, she's not an Israelite. She, she's a Gentile. And, and if she's a Gentile, what rights and privileges does she have uh, of, uh, of God from a standpoint of faith? Does she have a covenant agreement with God? She's a Gentile, right? So she has no covenant agreement with God. Now, now see that any Israelite could have gone to the Lord that, that had uh, their daughter was, was vexed with the devil or had sickness and disease, and they could have gone to the Lord and said, Lord, your word says, your covenant with, with me says that you spoke to, to our servant Moses that you are the Lord God who heals me. You are Jehovah Rapha. And that's the covenant you made with me. I'm coming here to you in faith and, and, and wanting to get access to that covenant agreement that you made with our forefathers. I have a covenant right to that promise that I'm the healed of God. This woman had no covenant right to go to the Lord and request him of anything. And so what was the Lord's response? He, it says in verse 23, he answered her not a word. Well, why didn't he answer a word? He was not obligated to answer her anything. 
She's a Gentile. She has no rights and privileges with heaven, right? Not until after the cross. Now, after the cross, you know, all men have access to the, to the cross if they want, if they want it. Uh, but at this point in time, uh, in fact, what did, what did, uh, uh, what did she do? Uh, it, said, Jesus, it says in verse 23, but he answered her not a word. Now, is that him saying, I, I, I want you to leave? I don't want to hear from you? What is he saying? He's saying nothing. Now, if you, if you were uh, there working with Jesus and he's saying nothing, what, 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 would sh- what should you do? If he's saying nothing, what should you should be saying? Nothing, right? Is that what the disciples did? No, right? What did they do? They said, and, and his disciples came and besought him saying, send her away for she cried after us. This woman is bothering these burly old fishermen and, and, and they want Jesus to do something about it. She's bothering us. She's bothering us. Get rid of, they're, they're telling Jesus what to do. Send her away, Jesus. He's the king of kings, the Lord most high, the Messiah, God himself on the earth. Hey, God, she's bothering Go get rid of her. She's bothering me, right? Well, why can't you get rid of her? Well, you know, I just, I'm busy, right? Because she's bothering me. I, the, the disrespect the disciples often showed Jesus never ceased to amaze me. And you, what, did he, did he, did he uh, call him down? Most of the time, he never said anything to him about it, right? Uh, sometimes he did. Uh, send her away, for she crieth after us. She's bothering me, Lord. Uh, just, just children, right? Uh, and so, verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So now he's laying, he's laying down the deal, right? Uh, he said, I'm sent only to the, lost, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So in other words, I'm not sent to you. I, I would love to help you, but my commission is not to, in this, when he was on the earth, right? The 33 and a half years he was on the earth, and really the three and a half years he was in ministry, he was only sent to minister to Israel. He wasn't sent to, to Asia, to South Africa, or, or South America, or to North America. He was sent any, except only Israel. Uh, and that's wrapped up in a lot, of, a lot of discussion around authority, and we don't have time to go into all that right now. Uh, but he said, he said, look, uh, we're constrained here. Uh, I'm only, uh, if you're not part of Israel, I'm not sent to help you. So did she, did she get, get mad and leave? How bad did she want it? You know, mother would do anything for her kids, right? Uh, but, you know, you can't just, you can't just, oh, it's a, it's a mother's love for kids, you know. That, that's not, we, we don't, because if that's true, then I'm stuck. Because I, I will never be a mother, right? I, I'm just, and so I can't be like this woman. Well, I still want to be like this woman, amen? Uh, not, I'm not a woman, right, obviously. Uh, and so I know nowadays that's a big controversy. Like, what's a woman? I don't know, you know. That's like, well, how, can, well, you, how can you not know these things, right? We learned these things a long time ago. Uh, and all of a sudden, we, we've lost our, our uh, entire intelligence for all of humanity. Uh, but that's another discussion, right? Uh, it says, what did she do? Did she leave? She get her feelings hurt? She get offended because God said, I'm not sent to help you. What does she do? Because the attitude that we need to have is until the Lord says, no, just absolutely no, I am not going to help you. I am not going to answer you. Because there may be reasons for it, right? Because he could have told me with, with that friend of mine, it's none of your business. If he'd have said that, none of my business. Then he, he's given me an answer. He never said that. So I'm going to press in. The Lord said, I'm not helping you. He just said, here's, here's, here's where I'm, I'm allowed to help to the, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. What's she doing? How bad does she want it? She wants it bad, 
right? Do you want it that bad? You want it that bad when somebody doesn't even answer you the first time? Hey, can I get some help? He stuck up. He won't even talk to me. You know, I went and asked him for help. He didn't even look. I just left, you know. Uh, well, then you didn't want it bad enough, right? Because what did Jesus do? He didn't answer a word. You know, sometimes the, Lord, uh, sometimes the Lord needs to see faith before he can move. Because he only moves by faith. When you have faith, he moves, right? But if you don't have any faith, there's nothing for him to do. And so a lot of times people go, Lord, I tried. And the Lord's like, he wouldn't have said anything. Say, I, I tried, the Lord didn't, he didn't help me, right? He, I, I, you know, because a lot of times people want, they only want mercy, right? So mercy is a sovereign act of God. Mercy, the Lord will just help you if, if you're, you know, absolutely have no faith. Sometimes he'll do that. I, 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 I hate to think that my life would be only lived by mercy that I get only from the Lord because he just feels sorry for me, and, and well, let's just help him anyway. You know? I mean, sometimes he does that because he's kind, amen? But he is not obligated to do it. Some, if, if, you, if you show no faith, you may never get it. Sometimes you will. Well, you want to roll the dice? See, faith says you always get it. If you want bad enough, you always get it. Yes. But mercy is like, mm, you know, you don't know. I, you know. But some people, they're okay with that. Well, you know, yeah, but if I just do mercy... It's, it's so much less work. Yeah. I just do nothing, and sometimes the Lord will just bless me. Well, that's, that's great. I'm not living that way. That, that, that's, no, I want, a, I want a sure thing. Amen? Don't you want a sure thing? Faith is a sure thing. Faith says every single time, never an exception, you will get exactly what you desire and need. Amen? Uh, mercy is like, mm, you know, we'll see. And that's what I always told my kids, right? We'll see. Uh, and so <clears throat> she came and worshipped him and said, Lord, help me. She's not giving it up. Uh, but now, so now he answered uh, and said, now he's speaking directly to her, right? It is not meat or not good to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. So now he's doubling up, right? So now, uh, of course, you can get a lot of a good uh, doctrine right here. He calls healing children's bread. So, it mean, so he said it's possessive, right? It, it's bread that belongs to the children. Well, who are the children of God? We are. So does healing belong to you? He used it in a possessive sense. It belongs to the children. It, 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 they own healing. They have a right to healing. Uh, it, it, has that changed? Has he taken that bread from you now? I know it was yours, but give it back to me. Well, Lord, you already said it was mine. He, did, he didn't you know, give it to us later on. He gave it to us in the first covenant, and he sealed it you know, in, the, in the second covenant, but he gave it to us in the first covenant that the healing belongs to us. Uh, and so, and he says, if I take what belongs to the children of God, and I give it to you, a dog. That's what he called her, because a dog was, was, was a, an insult, right? To be called a dog in, in this time frame was an insult, right? Now people, you know, worship dogs. Oh, I love my dog, right? You know, uh, I, I got to give my dog shots every day, right? And give it, you know, CPR every day, and, you know, it's on an IV every day, and, and uh, well, what'd you spend on that? Oh, thousands of dollars, you know? And that's great. I mean, if you love your dog that much, you know, I love my dog. He's a great dog, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, uh, but back then, being called a dog was an insult. Amen. Dogs were considered uh, just scroungy animals. Uh, and he said, look, if I, if I take this healing that you need for your daughter and give it to you a dog, he said, that's not good. Well, did she get her feelings hurt? Did she get offended? Did she get insulted? See, uh, he, he still, he never said, I am not doing it. And see, if there's a crack there, you've got you to keep your foot in the crack of that door, right? 
because uh, uh, he said, I am absolutely not doing it ever. Don't ever come back to me and, and, and bother me with that again. Then, okay, now you get your answer. He's not saying that. He's messing with her, uh, right? Uh, and there's, there's a lot of reasons for this, right? Uh, and so he said, it's not meat for that. And what did she do? How bad do you want it? I, I can't. He insulted me. He wouldn't even talk to me. Uh, you know, we, we had, a, uh, uh, we had a, a camp meeting here once years ago, uh, and um, this lady, uh, she was in a wheelchair, and, and uh, she came up to me just right before the service, say, hey, can I sing a special? I don't know you. You know, I mean, can you sing? I mean, you know, uh, I mean, if I sang, it would be special, right? Because like, wow, that's really bad. Right? I mean, it'd be, it'd be special, but it wouldn't be very good, right? Uh, and so she said, can I sing a special? I'm like, I don't know you. I mean, you know, uh, if Chris comes up and says, hey, can I sing a special? Yeah, okay, right? And some of you, if you came up and said, can I sing a special? I'd, I'd let you do it, right? But then some of you came up and said, like, no, you're never singing a special. You're, you can't sing, right? Uh, and, and maybe nobody's told you that, but, you know, it's not my job to tell you that. But right now, since you're asking me, I'm going to. And so I don't know her. So I thought, well, okay, maybe, maybe this is the Lord, right? I, I mean, I, I just leave it, I, I just leave it alone, right? I, just, I don't make a decision. I'll let the Lord make a decision. And so I thought, well, let me just talk to her. Well, you know, how, how's it going? I don't know you. You know, where are you from? You know? And so she started talking and said, oh, you know, the devil's been on my back all week long. You know, the devil's got my son. You know, the devil's got me sick here in this wheelchair. And the devil this and devil that. And all she talked about was the devil. And I'm thinking, well, what are you going to get up and sing? Uh, you know, uh, kiss an angel good morning and love her like the devil. And she got, I, mean, I mean, I don't know what she's going to sing, right? <laughs> Is that a Christian song? It's not a Christian song, right? Uh, and so, uh, but what's she going to sing? If, if all she talked about and elevated the devil... In, in the short conversation we had, then, then, uh, then what's she going to sing? Oh, Lord, you know, uh, we're walking like beggars through the cold and the heat. And, you know, some, I was just, no, we're singing faith songs. Amen. Uh, you know, I told you the song. I don't like what, what's it called. Uh, it's called Reckless Love, right? Lord, when I backslide, you're going to come run me, you know, knock through a wall and leap over a building, you know, to get me when I backslide. I'm not singing a song about backsliding. I am not going to, Lord, when I backslide, you're going to come get... Now, would he? He probably would. But I'm not confessing that when I backslide, you're going to come at me. I'm going to say, Lord, I will never leave you. I will stay with you all the days of my life. I will sing songs of faith. And I said, I said that, and people got mad at me in the church. Oh, that's, that's a wonderful song. It's an awful song. It's a terrible song of doubt and unbelief. Uh, and now, look, don't, nothing wrong with saying when, when I was not saved, you know, you came and found me. That's great. Songs like that are wonderful, right? But once I get saved, I'm not singing, Lord, when I backslide, you're going to come find me because you're reckless. He's not reckless, first of all. Amen. Uh, and, and you shouldn't be singing songs that, that confess terrible things for your future. Lord, when I backslide, I'm planning on next Tuesday at 3 o'clock, I plan on backsliding. When I backslide, I expect you to be there and knock through that wall because I'm backsliding behind a wall. Uh, and so, no, we're not doing that, right? And so I didn't let her sing. Why? Because all she did was testify of the devil. And look, if you come testify to the devil to me, you ain't singing around here, right? That's just not going to happen. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but, but, but sit down and be quiet and listen to the faith for a while, and you won't be talking about the devil all the time. I rarely talk and think about the devil. If he's bothering me, shut up, get out of here, and I'll move on. Uh, amen? People just elevate the devil all the time. Yeah, in fact, there's one fellow that, uh, again, you know, uh, people after a while, they either got to change or they got to move on. Amen? And, and, and he was here for... for I don't know, a few years. And finally I said, look, every time we talk, every single conversation we have, within a minute you're talking about the devil. 
every conversation, every single, I mean, without exception, every, yeah, the devil did it, the devil did that. You know, the devil has no interest in being involved in my life. Amen? Because it, it, it's so, uh, there's nothing for him to do there. Amen? But, but all you do is talk about the devil. First of all, it's just your flesh, about 90% of it, just flesh, right? Uh, you know, I, I was raised in the, as a Christian in the 80s. Remember in the 80s, everything was a devil? Everything was a devil, right? Uh, uh, there's devils everywhere. Uh, and and I, I'm just a kid. I'm a teenager, and I'm observing things. I don't know anything, but I'm observing things, and I'm thinking, I think they're just mean. I don't think it's a devil. I think they're just mean. And, and uh, oh, he's got a devil. I'm pretty sure he's just mean. I don't think he's got possessed at all. I think he's just a mean old grumpy person, right? Uh, you know, there are people just mean old grumpy people. It's not the devil. The devil's like, I don't want any of that. Uh, he's got the devil's, you know, he does, he's already it's like, well, they're taking care of themselves. I don't need to be involved in that. Uh, and so, so uh, then, then I get a, a voicemail. I still got it on my phone. I should pull up sometime and let you listen to it. Uh, this is so-and-so. I just want you to know how offended I am that you didn't let me uh, sing at your service, and I'm going to let you know I'm never coming back to your church. I'm thinking, fine, right? I don't want the devil here. Are you going to bring the devil here? I don't want her here. Uh, I don't want him here. And so I'm not mad at her, uh, but she should, it would be better for her to just come and be quiet and listen to the word. Amen? And, re- and you realize, you know, I always talk about the devil, but, you know, the devil's not, not nearly as powerful as I think he is. That's what she could have learned, amen, but she didn't learn it, and she got mad at me. I'm, 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 I'm so offended. No, I didn't try to, I didn't, I didn't say anything. I didn't say, well, you're probably a terrible singer. Yeah, I didn't say anything to actually offend her. In fact, I didn't say anything. And, and so she said, I was let you know, and um, uh, I don't even know what I told her, but I, didn't, you know, I don't lie to people. I go, well, you know, maybe. No, I, didn't, I don't say things like that. Uh, and so, so she got offended and never came back to church. Uh, and so uh, how bad does she see if she wanted see if she was really called to be a singer if she wanted it bad enough she'd have come back to church right I'm going to find out the place till I can find my place see a lot of times people want a place in church but they're not willing to do the work right and they just want you to walk in uh, you know just hey I'm here I've arrived okay sit down be quiet you know well I I want you I want a position in church well I don't know you right have you been to church more than three times in a row if you haven't, it's like, why would, I, why would I have you do anything, right? I mean, you know, I'm not mad. Look, I'm not mad at anybody, but, but the Lord only promotes faithfulness. Yeah, sure. Amen? If you're not faithful uh, to, to even be at church, you know, like, I don't know. I just, you know, it was Sunday, and it was so pretty outside. I just, I'm fine. I mean, I'm not mad at you, right? But, but uh, uh, we're getting into a whole other discussion over there, right? But see, if she wanted it bad enough, if she was really called to be a singer, she'd have come and found out, well, well Lord, because a singer is there to help the ministry, right? They're not there to be promoted and be, to obtain glory. They're there to help the ministry. And see, if you really wanted to help, then you would have come and found out, what, you know, how do I help that ministry? What is that ministry? Uh, how do they work, right? You don't show up and say, I've arrived and I demand a position and things. I don't know you. I mean, you don't know me either, right? And so um, when I was with my pastor, I just, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just going to be there to help. All I was there to do, do was to help, amen? Uh, and so what, what did she do? Uh, the, Lord, the Lord just called her a dog. Did she get mad and leave? No, what did she do? She said, truth, Lord, you are right. It's never, it's never good to argue with the Lord. No, Lord, that's not so. Peter said that, right? And Jesus said, you know, you're going to forsake me. Peter said, not so, Lord, I'll never do that. <clears throat> the Lord just told you you were going to forsake him. You should have said, 
Really, Lord? Is there any way I can avoid that? That's what you should have said. Instead of, Lord, I would never do that. If the Lord tells you your future, no, Lord, that ain't, ain't going to be that. It's not, I'm not going to do that. That would be foolish, right? The best thing to do is be like this woman. You're right, Lord, 100% right. I agree with everything you just said. But, she said, but the dogs, or yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. So she said, look, if you can't help me because I'm not a house of Israel, I just want a crumb. I said, all I need is a crumb of, of, of power, and that would be sufficient. And so what she, she stayed the course. She wasn't giving it up. She wanted, it bad, she wanted deliverance for her daughter bad enough that it doesn't matter what the Lord said. See, she had, she, in her heart, the answer was done. This man has got the answer, and I'm getting it. And everything between that now and that point is just blah, 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 blah. You, uh, you're a dog. I don't care. You know, I, I can't help you. I don't care. Uh, I'm not going to answer you. I don't care. I'm here to get an answer. It doesn't matter what he did, what, she, what he said. She was there to get an answer. Amen? Uh, and she wanted it bad enough that, that he could ignore her. The disciples could accuse her. Uh, Jesus could say, I'm not here to help you. He could call her names. I don't care. I'm here for an answer. That's how bad I want it, right? People get so, so touchy in church. If, if I don't, as a pastor, if I, don't, if I don't operate exactly the way you think, I'm mad and leaving. I don't care. Because I can't, I can't beg you to stay. If you're here by the will of God, there should be nothing I can do to make you leave. Amen? Nothing. I mean, if I get up there and just say, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Well, I guess he's trying to sing today. I don't know what's going on, but, you know, we'll come back next week, see if it's better. Uh, if you're here by the will of God, nothing I, I can do should get you to leave until the Spirit of God says, it's time to go. But in a church today that as, as a whole, not just this church, every church is that way. I know it is. Right? Well, you know, I mean, I, one, one person came and said, we, we don't go back to that church because they didn't close their blinds. These blinds right here, these, these very blinds right here, they said they can't come to their church because these aren't turned down during the service on Sunday morning. I think, look, I don't care, right? I mean, if you don't want to come to church, it's fine, right? I'm, you know, I'm here by the will of God in, in this city, in this church, in this building right now, behind this pulpit, by the will of God. And if my blinds bother you, I mean... I just, I don't know what to say, right? I mean, that's one of those, like, I, I got nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to respond to that, right? Uh, and so, uh, I don't, is that the will of God? Is that the will of God determined by how, close, how high and short the blinds are in, in the windows? I don't know. Maybe they are, right? Uh, and so, so what did she do? She stayed the course. She would not quit, right? Now, uh, uh, now uh, I know we're, we're getting a little late here. because We've got we to eat here, right? I think, well, we're going to go eat uh, well, we're, since you're going to be here anyway, we, we got just to, we'll finish her up, right? We'll finish. Why, why, it said in verse 28, then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is thy what? Faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. Why was she able to get what, what she desired by faith? Because he said, great is your faith. Why was she able to get it by faith? Because Jesus already said, I'm constrained. I cannot help you because you're not of the household of Israel. I'm, un, I'm unable to, right? Because he's, he's telling her the, the ground rules, right? And, and I've heard people say, well, he made a special case for her. Well, then that's not fair because, you know, the, the, the case should be available to everybody, not just because her, right? But if you go back, we're not going to go back there, but you, I'll, I'll give you the reference there. You go back to Numbers 15, verses 14 through 16. It says, if, uh, well, okay, we'll go back there. Um, it, it says, if, if a stranger... Um, uh, numbers uh, 15 verses 14 through 16 uh, it, it says if a stranger uh, sojourn or lives with you so this time about people outside of the nation of Israel right if a stranger comes 
and sojourns with you or, or whoever be among you is in your generation and will offer an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord as you do, so uh, he shall do. He said, so if that happens, right, if, if a stranger comes in and worships the Lord like you're worshiping him, right, with offerings and, and, and these things showing you that, that they, they believe that you're Jehovah God, so by, by precepted example, if they come in uh, and want to worship Jehovah God like you do, then what did he say? What's the result of that? He said, one ordinance or one law shall be for both of you or the congregation and also for the stranger that sojourner with you. An ordinance forever in your generations uh, as you are, so shall the stranger be, uh, be before the Lord. One law and one manner shall be for you and the stranger that sojourner with you. So in other words, he's saying, look, if you're outside of the nation of Israel, if you're outside of the covenant of God, if you come in and by faith show that you, that you want to worship Jehovah God, then you get the same deal everybody else gets. But you have to show that. You have to show me that you, that you worship the Lord Jehovah, that you worship God like the Israelites worship God. And if you show that to me, he said, same rules for you as, as for everybody else. And that's what the Lord is waiting for this woman to see. He's waiting to see, uh, did she really want to bat it up? Will she show faith? And if she shows faith, she gets the same deal as everyone else gets. But he had to wait to see if she was willing to show faith, if she was willing to express faith. And if she was unwilling to do that, well, I tried. It didn't work. And she just wandered off. He's like, man, she was so close. She was so close. If she'd have just showed a little bit more faith and showed that, yes, I am Jehovah God, she could have got the same deal as the, as the household of Israel. Because he said, I'm only sent to the household of Israel or uh, if you look at the whole covenant of God or those who show faith like the household of Israel. If, you'd have show, if she showed that, then she, she could have got in. And she did. And she stayed the course because she wanted it bad enough. And she what's it take? Faith. I got faith. Okay, then you're in. That was the deal, right? And he ignored her. He called her names. He let the disciples talk about her just to see how bad does she want it. And see, if we could learn that in the church, see, the church would be so much stronger. We're, we're, so, we're so snowflakes and such, you know, I mean, when I was growing up, we called them pansies, right? I mean, I got called pansies by my older brothers all the time. Oh, you're a pansy, right? Oh, I mean, that's kind of a mean word to use nowadays, right? But snowflakes and cupcakes, you know, that's, that's okay word nowadays. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the smallest little thing, I'm out of here. Fine. But you'll never grow in faith. If you're not obtaining some things by faith bad enough where, you, where you're standing, of course, no matter what they say to you, no matter what they do to you, th- then you haven't really learned much about faith at all. You're like the, like the king with Elisha. Well, I tried, and, and, and you know, they, they didn't even talk to me, and so I'm, I'm going to leave. You know, I'm going to go somewhere else, right? Were you called to be there to begin with? Well, yeah, I was called there until I found that they didn't want me there, and then God quit calling me there. What? Does that make any sense, right? Did he change his heart and mind about things? No, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want anything? And look, that doesn't give me a right to be rude to you. I understand that, right? That doesn't give me a right to, to be unkind to you. I still have to act as a Christian to you. Amen? But just because I don't, I don't operate the way you think I should operate doesn't change anything. Amen? Just because the Lord doesn't answer you the way you think he should answer you the first time around doesn't mean he doesn't want you to get the answer. Amen? How bad do you want the answer? How, how much are you willing to, to stay the course to get the answer? Because, see, we've got to be goal-oriented. I'm here to get help for my daughter. Well, you're a dog. I don't care. I'm still here to get my help for my daughter. That's the deal, right? Instead, instead, I'm here to get help from my daughter. Well, you're a dog. Well, he called me a dog. He completely forget about the daughter. Now it's all about me. Uh, they don't even like me. They didn't even talk to me, right? Well, what about your daughter? I don't know. She's still sick, I guess, you know, but, but uh, we're not talking about her. We're talking about me. Everything's, uh, they're so mean to me. Uh, and it's like, wow, you know, how bad do you want faith? What, what did Jesus say about her faith? Great is thy faith. 
great faith. Great faith will, will, will stay the course. Amen? Great faith doesn't matter what people say, what people do. Faith, great faith never changes course and direction. And in the church, we're so touchy about everything in the world, right? Just, uh, you know, I mean, one person came up to me and said, well, you know, my son, you know, uh, uh, he, he's a homosexual and he was born that way. I said, no, he wasn't. And she never came back. I don't care, you know. It's still, I'm, I'm not going to coddle to you in your bad doctrine and leave people in their sin uh, and leave them in the in destruction of their life uh, because uh, you don't want to confront them. And look, I, would, I didn't confront him. I, I, you know, I've told lots of times, look, if you want to come, and I don't care what's in your life, you want to sit in the back row and, and, and listen to the Word of God, come. I don't care what's in your life. Come to church. Amen? I'm not going to beat you up because of your sin. That's the last person I'm going to beat up because of your sin. Because of your sin. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell all the people, the, the, the other people, uh, walk in faith. Amen? And yeah, you still need to repent, but, but it may take you a, a month to hear the Word of God before you realize you need to repent. Then come. Amen? I'm not going to beat you up for that. Uh, and so, but she got mad because, you know, and look, I don't usually correct people, but every now and then I do. Uh, and uh, uh, so far, the results have been really great. But, you know, <laughs> that's okay, right? Uh, the one lady that was, uh, she came to healing school, right? And as she left healing school, she said, well, you know, my husband's sick, and sometimes the Lord just wants you to be sick because, you know, he's trying to teach you something by being sick. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, and she goes on and on about, you know, how God wants her husband to be sick. And I'm just looking at her. Now, I, I, now, now I, in my, in, on the inside, I'm going, but, you know, th- with her, I'm just looking at her, right? Not, not not having any expression. Finally, she stopped. She said, you don't believe a word I'm saying, do you? I said, well, no, ma'am, there's nothing you said that's the word of God. She never came back. I, and, and her husband died sick, right? I mean, it's a, it's a shame, but look, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be unkind or trying to be mean, but you, you can't just come in here and say, well, God put sickness on me. No! No, no he didn't do that. No. And he has no desire to do that. And where would he get it anyway if he was going to do that? Uh, uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, you got to be careful about hanging around people that know the word and know the spirit of God because they'll be like, no, we're not doing that. Oh, he, he wouldn't let me stay in my doubt and unbelief. You know, he, he said it wasn't so. Well, well, is it so? No, but he said it wasn't so. And so, you know, you hurt my feelings because, you know, I thought it was. It's just, wow, you know. If, if you want it bad enough, yeah. there's nothing you can do to, to, to change course and direction. Amen? Uh, and uh, we've got to pick it up. Amen? We've got to pick up our game in the church. Now, and th- there's all kinds of examples like this. And the Lord just put, he just dropped a whole bunch of these in my heart one day. Just, and I had to write them all down. I went, okay, okay, Lord. Uh, and, and so we're going to go through these and look at, you see these people that want it bad enough? It doesn't matter what you do or say, they're going to get the answer. And if you want it bad enough, you'll stay the course and get the answer. And, and that's the goal. Amen? This about, uh, the most important thing is how somebody treats me. I could care less how you treat me if you, if you bless me, right? If you, if you give me $100,000 and call me a name, I'd just say thank you, right? I mean, I mean whatever. I ain't taking that from him. Write, it, write the check all day long. I'd take that, right? I mean, I wouldn't bother me a bit. Uh, and so this woman, she got it. Called her names, everything. She still got it, amen? Uh, and so I, I don't know much. I'm going to enjoy this series, right? And so we'll, we'll go through there and see where the Lord takes us from here, amen? And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the blessings of heaven. Father, we thank you that it's your will and plan to bless your people. And, Father, if we will operate by faith, there's nothing that, will, that can be withheld from us. And so we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, praise God, it's the first Sunday of the month, so our tradition is, is that we receive communion. And so uh, we'll receive communion, and then we'll um, get ready to um, uh, have our church meal today. Amen. We'll got to set up uh, the tables and stuff there. So um, I know we went a little long today, but I ain't going back to church. They go, wait, they preach. It's like 10 after 12, right? All the Baptists are already at church. Fine, right? I mean, you know, whatever. It just, it just, uh, some people are just, uh, I don't know. I'm not, like I said, I'm not mad at anybody. If all those people I just mentioned, you know, all came back tomorrow, I'd be, I'd be glad to see them all, right? Wouldn't be mad at any of them. Uh, but um, we, we have got to learn to have some backbone in the church. Because the devil, he, he will push uh, and push and push. And if you have no backbone, he'll run right over you. Amen? Now, but if you've got a backbone, it's like, it's just so much work to go over there. I'm not even going to go to that house. I'm going to go to this other house that got no backbone over there, and I'll just run and live in that household. Amen? He, he, he's lazy. You want to know the ultimate lazy person? It's the devil. If it's going to take him a lot of work to overcome your faith, he's like, it ain't worth the work. Amen? And so there, I go for days, weeks, months, and years without the devil bothering me. I don't even think about it. Because it's just, he, he has no interest in all the work it's going to take to get through uh, all, all of my faith, amen? I'm not perfect, I know, uh, but uh, <clears throat> he likes to find the easy because he's lazy. He's so lazy, right? Uh, and, and so the Lord is good, amen? amen. Uh, and uh, after we receive communion, then we'll receive an offering uh, this morning, uh, and then, um, uh, then we'll eat, amen? Yeah. Uh, and so what, uh, I think, uh, would you bring... Vegetable, snicker, snicker pie. Ooh, maybe we just go straight for pie, right? Uh, we don't have to. Do we have to eat soup? We can just go straight to the pie, right? Uh, and so, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good. We're thankful for uh, for the opportunity to receive communion, and of course, uh, you can receive communion as, as often as you want to. And Jesus, to do it as often as you as as often as you do it. Remember me, and so we remember what Jesus did for us, right? Uh, he said, "This bread represents His body." Uh, and, and his body, he, he allowed his body to suffer stripes, right? The Bible said that by his stripes, you were healed. So he, he went in knowing that they were going to beat him. And he goes, that's good. If they do that, then, then I will take the payment for their sickness and disease. And so every time they, they laid a stripe on him, his thoughts weren't, oh, I hope they stop. His thoughts were, there goes cancer. His thoughts were, there goes blood disease. His thoughts were, oh, there goes uh, bone, uh, bone disease. Uh, every stripe. He wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about you and me. Because he said, by, by his stripes, you were healed. And, and so he was glad to do it for you. Amen. Uh, and so we, we're thankful for that. And then the juice, of course, represents uh, the blood of Jesus uh, and how we can be washed from all sin. Amen. And so by faith, let's receive uh, this communion today. So Father, we thank you by your word uh, that this bread represents your body. And if it does, Father, then I have faith that your body did everything that it was supposed to do. And first of all, Father, it took stripes for my healing. I never have to be sick another day of my life. And so by faith, Father, I receive it. And thank you for that in Jesus' name. And Father, by faith, we thank you that we can stand before you clean, not because of our perfection, but because of your blood, that you wash us and make us clean, Father. And so we're clean because of your blood. You paid a great price in shedding blood for our sins, Father. And so, Lord, we stand before you clean and unsullied because of your blood. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Well, amen. Is the Lord good?
we, we thank the Lord for his goodness. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so Jared will come and collect the, uh, um, all the communion supplies there. And then, and then we'll get ready to give. Amen. Amen. Is it good to give? It's good to give. The Lord has been good to us and blessed us uh, financially. We thank the Lord for his financial blessings. Amen. And so we're thankful that because he's blessed us financially, then we can bless others financially. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray real quick, and then we'll receive this morning's offering. So, Father, we do thank you for the opportunity to give. Father, we thank you that your word said that, that it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And, Father, that if we give according to your word, you said that... Uh, that sowing and reaping will, will, will remain all the days of this earth. And so, Father, we sow into the ministry of the Lord Jesus. We sow, Father, finances that you've blessed us with. We thank you, Father, that as we sow these finances, uh, that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give it to our bosom. We thank you for your word that it's so and it's true. And we give you the praise and, and worship for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared. And then, uh, then um, let's see. Well, we'll go ahead, after Jerry gets done with that, we'll go ahead and say the blessing uh, for the meal. And so um, uh, then after things get set up, you can go ahead and eat, right? Uh, all right. Uh, Mr. Tony, would you mind saying the blessing for the food? Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord, for all your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, for this day that we have food before us, Lord God. For all those that's brought, we ask your blessing, Lord, upon the end. And Father, we ask your blessing upon the food. May it give strength and nourishment, Lord, as our body has need. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Praise God. Well, let's eat. <laughs> 